Whiskey River Leave the young man feeling old That old love you still remember Cut you deep down in your soul Welcome to episode 125 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Wacy Anderson, and the Labor Day is behind us, man. She's all downhill from here until Christmas. It's felt hat season has arrived. It's crazy. The summer's absolutely flown by. I actually just retired my straw for the year, so she she down. Bye bye. It's over. It's over. Well, it's I guess like we're up up here. There's not much left for outdoor events. I think would Olds be the last one of the year? Yeah, it might be. Maybe might Coronation. Be. Coronation, yeah, probably. Yeah, and then like Medicine Lodge. Um, yeah. No more, probably no more outdoor bull riding events. Just uh, that thing. Chad's you know, doing. It's always risky to host an event. John Scott deal. It's always risky to host an event after Labor Day outside because you never know what's going to happen up here. Less so Up in here. the south, but definitely in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. But I uh, I gotta say it was pretty cool to be outside in uh in uh, in Armstrong in the evenings. That there's, the there's nowhere else. Yeah, there's nowhere else in uh what I say, nowhere else in the in the in Canada that, that I know of. Probably out east, you could probably do it in Ontario and Quebec a little bit. Like mm-hmm. Quebec you've got the uh like Saint Tietz at night, but they don't start until a little bit later, but uh, yeah, there's just not very many that are that you can do that are late at night that are under the lights because usually up here and the, the whole on the whole turf, not yeah, warm the enough. Turf on the yeah, yeah, it's too uh, it's too cold, too cold, and most of the year and too <clears> light <throat> out for the summertime. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, everybody that has a night rodeo use, perf. Use, use TPP Creek for example. They can't do a night rodeo perf because it stays light up there till 11 p.m. or till 2 a.m. Just depends. <laughs> yeah, what's going on. depends on the time of year, but. Yeah, it's, it's it's a cool cool atmosphere though. Hey, like it's mm-hmm. kind of an old school setup with like the grandstands the way they are, and then again having it under the lights just adds a cool like ambiance to the whole deal. Yeah. Eh? And some energy, yeah, yeah, it's great. And, and a big event, and a big event for a small town with like everything else, all the auxiliary stuff going on the outside with the cattle shows and the oh yeah trade shows and all on the midway and, and the, all that kind of stuff and the baking shows. We well, see the, the baking, baking shows, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jen. <laughs> For the uh, third place finish with her cousin's ginger snaps, not bad. For it's fun. I, I was laughing about that the other day because it's so funny how she can place with one set of cookies and not place it all with the other, and they're the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that don't know, there's a baking contest at the IPE in Armstrong, and uh, Wacy's uh, Wacy's partner Jen, she she entered some cookies under herself and her cousin, and her cousin placed, mm-hmm. but she did just for the uh, for the record. So. Part of it, part of it is you get a pass when you enter a thing. You get a five yeah. day like admission under the ground. So that's been the that's the that's the local hack for getting into the IP for the week. You just you just enter some baking, enter some baking, or you get you can even enter a photo or like any type of entry into like any of the, the contest. You get your um your thing covered for the your uh, <laughs> admission covered for the week. So <laughs> if you're wanting to spend you're spending some time in the Okanagan around. Labor Day weekend, you want to go to the IPE, just do some baking and enter into the contest. But that gets you on the grounds. But as Jen found out, you still need to have a ticket for the rodeo. So we had to bummer some tickets for a couple nights. But mm-hmm. it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she bought, she bought tickets for 
a few of the nights, but then yeah, she by the time she decided she wanted to go to Saturday and Sunday, she had ran it there. I'd already been sold out. So mm-hmm. you gotta act fast at the IP if you want to go get some tickets. Yeah, huge crowds. Huge crowds, and great speaking, week. That speaking was of awesome. the huge crowds, Ted, what about the PBR? That was the first time uh, they've had the PBR in Armstrong and as you it said, was, it was a banger of an event. Yeah, it was the hugest crowd and very loud. I couldn't actually get the music and the and the like the PA system over top of the crowd. I know like there's a few things, a few times we've talked about uh, about the crowd and how great the crowd can be in different places. So like at the Flames games, they play music underneath the sing along because they think that this crowd's not loud enough. But if you don't train the crowd to be loud by allowing them to be loud and do whatever they want, then they're not going to get that loud. So mm-hmm. in Armstrong, you know, we fired it up, turned it up, and yeah, they were extremely loud. It was impressive. So if you can, yeah, if the you guys can find that rides, right mixture. Yeah. True. But the guys made really good rides. Uh, Dakota Butter, Logan Beaver, Aaron Roy, they all made some nice round rides in the second round. The rodeo was, was great. Beaver did really well. Um, a lot of our Canadian guys are doing well in the world standings. I think Jordan, or I think Jared Parsonage probably punched his ticket now to the finals in Vegas, the NFR for the first time. And I do got to say, I remember, I don't know if we talked about this last show, but I'm just going to venture a guess that if Jared Parsons rides four bulls at the NFR, he's probably gonna make more money than if he rode than than the year that he rode four <laughs> bulls at another event. In, the, in yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things because he could, but he could be the only guy to ride one in the round and win seventy thousand money. So yeah. yeah, so I definitely, that's a, a safe bet, and I, I would think that Jared could ride, go there and ride a good amount of bulls. Oh, definitely. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's in for for a big week. So happy to see that he's going to get should get to go should have a couple other Canadians mm-hmm. Canadians do good and get down there but uh uh yeah the season is almost over way so we're in the last month of the pro rodeo season PBR teams is uh kicking off uh can report back so Your far Canada JW Cup. yeah JW Hart has not been fired by the Kansas City Outlaws yet <laughs> uh still the head coach I don't know how long they're gonna how long release they're gonna give some of these guys you know they might get a long long leash yeah but, uh, I don't know I haven't looked at the and that was cool Something, a, cool, a cool note too is the they like not long after we talked about it last show they announced a trade on social media which is really cool yeah to see the the transactional side of it so kind hopefully they keep on updating it and like you said having the firings and hirings and the rumblings around i think that could really and we talked about a bit about, a bit about with sage today it's pretty cool to uh, oh, it's dive richmond. into that type of stuff oh it's richmond okay we talked a bit about it when we talked to a certain fella <laughs> in a show coming stuff. up ah in an upcoming okay. show we discuss it but so uh, another one here, team winning. So so Nashville Stampede are currently three and ten. So Just McBride, they're the head coach. Maybe he's the first hot one. Seat. I don't know, man. The KC mm-hmm. Outlaws are are five and eight. Austin Gamblers and the Arizona Ridge Riders lead the way at nine and four. So I I think it's kind of neat to see some standings like this. It's kind of a cool deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's cool to see. I was like to cruise around looking at some of the social media accounts and all that kind of stuff for the teams. And they've built, they're building up a pretty like legit following and kind of building some hype around the teams. And you look at some of the home team events and how the crowd's been at them. I think it's pretty cool to have that aspect in in Western sports nowadays. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, I gotta say, too, and they're and they're doing an MVP race too, which is really neat. Like they're keeping track of like their top the top guys, which is in like yeah. I know we've discussed before of like how it might take away from some of the individual stuff, but like having the individual awards obviously helps counteract a bit of that. Hundred percent, hundred percent it does. Um, man, it's gonna be looking pretty solid for the finals this year. I hope 
Hope a lot of guys do good. Get going the right way. But anyways, uh, yeah, Armstrong was great. Uh, you were in Cochrane for the weekend. PBR was great in Armstrong. I uh, got to give a shout out to Jaden, Jaden Calvert. Uh, we kind of threw some on her at the last minute. We were looking for a couple things to add to the bull riding on Sunday night. And she was there for the mini chuck wagons. And I was like, hey, Jaden, what do you, do you want to do like a couple interviews tonight? Like at the bull riding? And she's like, I've never done it before. And I said, well, I, you're Miss Radio Canada. You've had lots of practice public speaking. I bet you'll do great at it. So uh, we threw her in there and she did like five interviews with a bunch of the guys and they all did well and she did well and it was, it was a really nice addition. So nice. shout out to, to Jaden. I know that uh, the PBR and, and pro rodeo maybe don't always meet perfectly well in the middle, but I thought that was a neat, a neat uh, crossover to have Jaden as Miss Rodeo and do the interviews at a rodeo, which has been strictly a rodeo for a long time. So to add those two together was kind of a neat, a neat crossover. So. I like that format of having like a pro rodeo, like coupled with a PBR, like you have Desident and Strathmore and all, or not Strathmore, sorry, Pinoca. And uh, I think just a neat way to kind of add some variety for people. And then like kind of like with Armstrong, you end the, end the weekend off of the bang. Well, and, and the production's a little bit different, right? Like we can do a little bit different yeah. stuff. We can add in those interviews. We can pump it up a bit more, add some pyro in. Like it's kind of a, I don't know. I think, I think the PBR is a, is the model for production around the Western sports world. Like they're definitely have the best produced events and to be able mm-hmm. to take one of those and put, take it to a rodeo. It can show a little more about what these rodeos could be or could do if they were to change or sure. alter the production plans a little bit. So. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it shows too, they can coexist. Like it shows you can have a yeah. really good rodeo and have a PBR event with it as well. Like it's not going to take exactly. away from what you're trying to do. Right. Like that's, I think once I think if rodeo and bull riding can ever come together on that front and work together, I think it would be a really good, really positive impact on the sport. Could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. So we got Richmond champion on the show today. I uh, appreciate Richmond taking the time to visit with us. Um, I liked his, uh, what do we call it? The stroke and float. We're, stroke and float that's a great idea golf and some, uh, and some golfing <laughs> yeah in the same day so hopefully we can get some of that in sometime but uh yeah i guess we'll be what else we got ways anything else for the thing we got the, oh yeah the, the tour the canadian cup series coming up as well for those in canada we'll go to lethbridge on the 23rd and 4th of september and then we have what do we got then we're going to grand prairie the week after that a couple weeks off then we're in medicine hat uh, another weekend off then saskatoon right to the cfr and then right to edmonton for the Canadian finals. So it's going to be great fall run here. And uh, like we said, this is already episode 125. So less than a year from now, we'll be at 150. So we'll have to have another big party at 150. A big party on the way. Yeah. Next yeah. It's been a, been a heck of a run. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. So thanks for tuning in this week, folks. We'll uh, catch up, catch up with you after the break with Richmond. Again, this is Cabo Show with Ted and Wacey. I'm Ted Stone. He's Wacey Anderson. We uh, really appreciate you listening, folks. When I was just a very young lad I walked up and I told my dad A bareback rider's what I want to be I want the whole world to know about me In the rodeo arena I'll take my stand I want to be known as a rodeo man I'll come flying from the sheet with my spurs up high Shaps and boots reaching for the sky Spurring wild with my head thrown back 
You'll ask who's that? Well, that's Burback Jack. You'll ask who's that? Well, that's Burback Jack. Welcome back to the show this week. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Wacey Anderson, and this is Cowboy Shit, the podcast. Thanks for tuning in for all these shows, all the uh, shenanigans we've been up to. But uh, we'll get to our guest this week. He's a seven-time Wrangler National Finals Rodeo qualifier, and he was the first, would we say Rodeo's first ever one-day millionaire? I don't know what the t- official title I said, that's is. That's probably the right way to put it. It's probably the yeah, first, the right one. Good. Yeah, so... So from his home in uh, in Stevensville, Montana, uh, Richmond champion. Thanks for joining us. Man, probably probably one of the best guys. rodeo names ever, too. Yeah, yeah. One Luck, of my best. Lucked into that one. <laughs> what? So what was uh? What was the? Tell us. Tell us about your parents. What did they do? How did they? Uh, how did they name you? This? <laughs> uh, mom is a consultant and dad works in the hotel business and mom grew up in Virginia and she says she had a friend in college and she loved the name. So yeah, we'll stick with that. (laughs) Okay. So Richmond it was, and then, uh, yeah, just fell into the champion part. Dang. So, so hotel business, uh, how has that uh, worked out in the, in the rodeo business? Hopefully well. (laughs) it did yeah <laughs> the beginning <laughs> of my career was uh bougie <laughs> oh dang how many, okay, how so many but, guys uh, they're starting out get to stay in hotels everywhere usually sleeping in yeah, cars right. <laughs> or floors if you can find them anywhere so, so yeah then, so what who's he work for what's the deal uh he's moved around a, you know a bunch of different companies over the years and that was probably what put the restlessness in me to go rodeo uh was just move i think i was like seven states before i graduated high school Holy shit. Um, and uh, he works for uh i mean it's benchmark management now so it's a management company they own some themselves and then manage for private owners um, okay but he's yeah down in down in houston but it made uh made getting traveling partners easy when i started because <laughs> we'd always have sweet places to stay at along the way so was he with like Marriott or Hilton or Sheraton or one of the big companies in the beginning or what was the deal? No, uh, it was just pretty much they would have like private owned hotels that, you know, oh. I'd either get comp- comped at or get the discounted rate and get to play their golf course. And <laughs> oh, no way. Like I said, Hell Dang. Bougie. <laughs> Dang. So yeah. what, what's the nicest, what, what's the nicest golf course you played? Number one, and what's the nicest hotel room you've ever Gosh. had? That's tough. Uh, man. Probably Colorado Springs and I can't I don't know, it's Colorado like the Broadmoor? Springs, like like the Mountains Resort or something, and their course was bitching. Really? <laughs> Dang. That's yeah. awesome. We were so we were in uh, Dallas the other day and came back to like flew back to Calgary and Ted Danson from Cheers was in the the lounge like in the American no lounge, guy from Cheers he was there and then uh, uh, what else then I sat with a guy who was a member he had an oil field company they did a bunch of cast iron work which was pretty wild but he was a member at uh, oh what's it called the one in uh, Southern Hills right the one in Tulsa but they just had like the PGA oh, okay. Championship there this yeah. past year. Then they were going to a place in Colorado, like I think it was like Frost Creek or something. And I looked it up on Google. It was rated like four point nine. It was some crazy like private spot, and they were flying to Vail and then going over there. It looked like a pretty wild dang. spot. So, dang, 
Okay, yeah. coolest room though. What, what was the coolest hotel room you had? Was it bigger than your house, current house? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a tough. Usually, I just take what I can get. That's fair. As far as as far as rooms go, and they're all very usually very nice. So that's hard to choose on that one. What about Vegas? What's the nicest hotel you ever stayed at in Vegas? Like, what's the coolest room or suite you've got there? You're in the Mirage for a long time, but you guys have moved a little bit now, right? No, we were at the Monte Carlo. And yeah. the Monte Carlo probably was my favorite. We get the hot tub suites. No way. And so, nice. yeah. And then same thing. Then they moved us to the New York, New York. Um, and that's pretty nice too. But we started doing the, um, get a house. the MGM Towers. Oh, yeah. The towers. The you get like that apartment. The yeah, the signature. So you've got, you know, separate rooms. It's basically an apartment. You can cook your own food. And you got a fridge, everything you need right there. Instead of having to spend 18 bucks on a coffee every morning yeah that's uh, nice yeah yeah huh. <laughs> interesting that's, that that's makes the, a big difference <laughs> that's the veteran moves at the, at the nfr that's once you've been a couple yeah. times huh interesting yeah so the first few years i was more worried about where i was going to be playing after the perf <laughs> what <laughs> casino and less worried about where my bed was what uh what's your best night ever on the casino floor Ooh. My first year, I won the fifth round, and then which was my first round win uh, in 2014, and came back to the Monte Carlo, and then woke up. Things got a little spotty after that, <laughs> and <laughs> I woke up the next morning and had like 5,300 and chips in my pocket. Not oh bad. dang! Don't you know, remember so, how you got them? Like, may they maybe? I stolen? mean, I was playing. I was playing blackjack. I hope I didn't steal them, but <laughs> <laughs> I get a little sticky fingered. <laughs> <laughs> playing blackjack in one fit—that's pretty good. It was fun. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember just doubling on stupid stuff, and then they then you won. once it started paying off on pay, started paying off, and you get like the shoot boss. You know, you need cigarettes. What do you need? You know, here's a voucher for breakfast this and that i'm like this isn't so bad <laughs> dang that's how they so, get you don't they yeah yeah don't they give you guys uh like your your uh winnings for each day don't you get them at like midnight after the perf is that true or is that uh, something that i heard that's not not correct uh like from the nfr yeah do you get paid every day it's, or not till the end no i think they i think it's usually like two they think they paid the first five rounds and then the second five. Oh, okay. But, but then you I usually you, I'm usually not looking at it while I'm there. I'm just worried about making it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and then you're they give you ten grand to show up now too, right? Is that part of the deal? Like you get ten thousand yep. when you show up? Yeah. And then you get to keep the ten. So everybody just gets ten thousand added to their standings when they show up. Okay, nice. I see. Yeah. Because right in the past you used to get I think twelve thousand and then basically if you didn't win a penny the rest of the rodeo you got to keep it but if you the second you won more than 12 you that check was void oh really so huh. now it's just guaranteed ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's good to get, get a bit of a reward for the hard work over the season just to get to vegas like it's nice to definitely have that little extra float yeah sure. yeah and you you know especially when you get friends and family and just yourself the money to get down there and you're there for two weeks you know they comp the room which is really nice but you spend some money out there like just trying to <laughs> like i said just trying to live so 
I got to go back. Uh, I think we better go back to the kind of the beginning. And mm-hmm. the first time that I really, the first time I, I think I saw your name or anything was at the American in, in uh, the spring of 14. That was probably the very start. So, but that, and that's further on in your career. Cause you, you start, but you did start kind of later on. I, I, if I remember right. So let's kind of go back to the start and then we'll get to the American at, at, after a little while. But, but I want to talk about, about uh, the beginning first off. Yes. So got on my first bareback course, July 4th, 2010. 2010. Okay. Um, I was 17. And then the next year I bought my permit. Um, right when I started school at Tarleton and college rodeo for them, um, just went out on like a little, like 5,000 added and under tour just to get my feet wet and, um, had a lot of fun, realized I loved it. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and then I went for my rookie the next year and ended up second in the rookie. Um, then 2013, I think I, I don't know, I ended up like 25th in the world or something like that. And then in 2014, it was like, it all just kind of started coming together. I won Denver, uh, won second or third at San Antonio. I mean, had more, you know, I think I'd won 30 grand up to before the American and was, you know, thinking I'm never going to see a broke day. This is awesome. I'm doing it. <laughs> like I'm going to go, I'm going to the NFR this year and, yeah, uh, had entered the the American kind of on a well, I got class I could go to, or I could go to Gillette and try and qualify for this rodeo where they're going to give away a million bucks. And Gillette was the was that the bucking ball in the winter? Or is this a different? different yeah, time? it was. I think it was the same. Was the bucking ball, but they had like a qualifier for the American prior, so. It was like its own little tour of qualifying events that they'd done and qualified my first one in Gillette. And then the day after uh, the short round of San Antonio, they had the semifinals for the American. That's where they just, I think it was one day or two days, but the top five just got out. Like it, well, it wasn't like they do it now. It was less elaborate. Um, it's a little more simple. Had a, uh-huh. Yeah, a little more simple than like their, you know, the Fort Worth qualifying rounds and everything. Um, yeah, I ended up winning the qualifier <clears throat> or the semifinals and then flew to Arizona for a Champions Challenge the next day and then flew right back and we walked into AT&T Stadium. Dang. Okay, so with a million. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I got to get back yeah. to that, but I, I just took a quick look at the, your PRCA bio and it says... Uh, um that so uh, so that you started in rodeo as a bull rider at age 13 and stayed on until yep. you till a junior so you didn't mention the bull riding thing like is there some trauma yeah, there that I, you don't want to talk about there's or? a little bit of trauma there. It's <clears throat> lots of trauma uh yeah I got on like 10 bulls shattered my leg oh no uh, and then got it back put back together eight months later i was like well if i I'm definitely going to do it one more time. I don't know if I'll keep doing this, but I'm definitely not going to end on that experience. So I got on one more and then, well, I still liked it, you know, and wanted to keep going. So started high school rodeoing when I lived in Washington state and that would have been my sophomore year. 
sophomore year. Yeah. And then um, I was running a pretty good average of like one bull covered per season. So that was pretty good. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and uh, moved to tech, moved to Texas and kept with the bull ride. And there was a ton, tons of opportunity to ride bulls in Texas. Like mm-hmm. you get on one or two every day of the week if you wanted and all the different places. So, um, I was going on the, the more, like the more I do this, I'll figure it out. And just, it just never happened. Um, but my, my brother rode barebacks and he was kind of getting back into it. And there was a church, uh, like, I don't know, 45 minutes from the house. So it'd be like, you'd have church service and then you'd go get on bucking horses or bulls or whatever you wanted to ride after that all at the same place. And I'd taken my brother out there a couple of times to get on horses. And he woke me up that day. He's like, Hey, you want to go? I was like, yeah, I'm going to get on one too. He's like, yeah, right. I was like, no, I'm doing it. So I did got on this little bay mare that loped around in a circle and pissed and swished her tail in your face. And <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And then really from that point, like I rode bulls, maybe three or four more rodeos while I was and ride and rode barebacks at the high school rodeo. And it got to the point where I like, if I got hurt riding bulls and I couldn't ride a bareback horse, I'd never forgive myself. So I just <laughs> hung the bull rope up and then went on to win state that year in the bareback riding and then on to Tarleton State University the next year. Oh, wow. Bad, so it happened pretty career choice. Happened pretty quickly then. Yeah. You got right into the. Yeah into the bareback riding and started winning and, and winning, winning the state in Texas, there's like 12 divisions. So you, you mm-hmm. had a pretty yeah. quick, uh, uptake on it then. Yeah. It was a quick rise. Um, Jeez. who did you beat in, in the, in, uh, Texas at the time? Trying to think. I, I would lucked out cause like Bill Tudor and Taylor price had just graduated. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I beat like buddy of mine, Jake Choate. I beat Colton Wiley who builds all my gloves now. Um, and I can't remember remember who else was in, uh, Zach Hibbler. Um, yeah, it was a good bunch of boys. It was, those are fun days for sure. Where where did the, where did the rodeo connection come? Like, how'd you get into, how'd you and your brother get introduced to it? Like, did you have the family connection or did you just stumble upon it where you guys were living? Like you mentioned your parents didn't really work in a, in much of the Western world, I guess. Yeah, no, we, just always watched the NFR. Um, they, they have both my mom and my dad had some sort of horse background growing up. Um, watched the NFR, watched PBR when it started getting big. Um, and I was always into horses, uh, loved them. And, you know, they wanted me to rope. I didn't really, I did, but then it was too <laughs> expensive. And then, well, you know, it's cheaper bull riding gear and doctor bills. So I did that. And then, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. It was my brother got into it. He kind of found high school rodeo in Arizona when I was, you know, 13 or so. And that kind of just kind of started us. And now we found a practice pin, started going to rodeos and realized that like there's junior rodeo, there's high school rodeo, there's all these ways to get involved. And then just kind of followed that path. So, uh, so you get, you go, go there, go to, tell us about the college rodeo times. That would be, uh, if you're 29 now, that was from 
Like, oh... 2011, probably been their first oh, yeah. year. Right? Been 11, 12, 13, and 14. My last... Uh, I went to the college finals in 2014. It was my last one. And... Uh... And then, and talk about those college rodeos and, and what you took in school. Oh, I don't know if I ever, ever heard I that part. couldn't tell you what I took in school, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the best experience for me as a, as a rodeo athlete. Cause I would go, you know, pro rodeo Wednesday, Tuesday or Thursday, and then make sure I got my days at the college rodeo. Um, and I'd, don't think I ever missed a college rodeo for a pro rodeo just because I had a good relationship with my coach and we made a deal. And, um, but I mean, I would get on, he had practice horses every week. He, you'd get on at minimum three re-rides at the college rodeo. So you're getting <laughs> on seven or eight horses a week Oh no! and, you know, making really good, good relationships. And, um, my first year, I, college fun got a little too much for me and I missed the college finals my first year and then didn't want to be that guy moving forward so but you did have a great the time. next two years I I did have a blast <laughs> <laughs> uh and then the next two years I uh really pushed you know being a good team member and um just yeah I made a deal with with my coach and I was going to stick to that and pro rodeo is going to be there one way or the other. So, um, yeah. And then won the American and that was the hardest decision was to just call it good on school or go back and finish the year. Um, so I went back and got on a few more re-rides and made it to the college finals and I uh, ended up winning second freaking Orin. Freaking Orin. <laughs> God. Paige loves that story too because she was she didn't really know me then and she was rooting for Oren. So <laughs> was that's she, probably that's probably while I lost. Was she there or was she uh yeah. I think she, she was finals? there. Oh really? I think so. Oh yeah. that's funny. And rooting for Oren and then and okay, so so I guess we better get to the end of that then. Where where did you two meet? We can go into we can get into this story uh, too. We met at we actually don't 100% know the exact place. We both think it's the it's an Eagles concert in Salt Lake City. Really? She was there with her boyfriend. I was there with my girlfriend. And then in 2016, we were both single. And she just reached out when she had a question for her dad about the ERA. Um, oh, with, I was uh, with Jim. With that and, uh, yeah, so she Jimmy had a, had a question, question for her dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is yeah, from yeah. conveniently she, slid into your DM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then yeah, I just never let off the gas. I just stayed in contact. And um, hey, does your I dad have another why question? Not buy my, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I better get. I better buy my Canadian card. So yeah. yeah. Well, okay. and if Jim, if Jimmy could handpick a son-in-law, he would like you're in the top of that list. Like. Bucking horse rider, good dude. Like Jimmy's probably over the moon that, that how things have worked out with you and Paige. I don't know if you'd say it, but <laughs> <laughs> you can I tell. Like, I like I like to think he's happy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So so technically, um, 
Paige would have two passports now, would she? Or or is there a bit of nope. a runaround to do that? Or how does that she's, work? She's Canadian citizen and she's a permanent resident here. Okay, so, so she, she can, a, can she get a US passport and not interested in doing that? Or how does that work? I don't think you can do, I don't think they do dual anymore. So oh. um, she would either choose to be American, yeah. which won't happen. Um, so she's going to, yeah, just stay Canadian and then we just stay up to date on her residency status here. Okay, I see. And then for you going to yeah. Canada, as long as you're not there more than, well, I guess the US, as long as before, as long as you're not there more than six months, then you'd be okay. Months. Yeah, no. And they're, you're not spending they're that much pretty time in Canada. Laxed as far as okay. usually if we pull up to the border and I'm with Paige, I just say, hi, would you like to talk to my wife? Yeah. And they answer. Yeah. She answers. Use your Canadian on the way. <laughs> one the way in and then i talk on the way home <laughs> hey that works pretty good um yeah. okay so so we're kind of jumping around a little bit but i i gotta go back to the american and showing up and and uh you know being a qualifier and having a chance at the at winning a million bucks and it was the first american like wasn't it not the first one that they had it was the first yeah mm-hmm. the very first one so what were your thoughts like did you think it was like you're like ah i don't know if i trust it like you're still going to those around the college rodeos too so did you have to skip a rodeo to be able to make that or was it in february no. is before oh. the season started so you're okay yeah no, i was good uh, as far as conflicts but yeah i was just like i had qualified it's all seemed legit so far we'll see if they do pay out a million bucks i mean who knows mm-hmm. um kind of seems when we're going in when you walk into at&t stadium you like to think that they've probably got all their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> and, you uh, hope so. Yeah. My, my mindset, my mindset is like, this is the biggest stage I've ever been on. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I don't have a million, I don't have a million bucks right now. If I don't have it when I leave, no big deal. Like I'm just going to enjoy this experience and do my thing. And, uh, had twin cherries in the long round. Um, Calgary, for those that might not know, ended up with Calgary's. Yep, Calgary's. Um, little did I know she would pop up in my life for a lot of big days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just got her twisted. I think I was like 84 and made it to the, the four man. I think it was me, Caleb Bennett, Casey Field, and Stephen Peebles. And the, me and Casey tied in the long round and they flipped a coin for who got a salt or who got cool water of Andrews or, or a salt of Raptor G's. And I was just, I had had cool water at San Antonio short round, like 84 or five on her there. Um, had had a salt at Fort Worth a couple weeks before and he'd, Bucked me down, kicked me in the butt, and broke my shafts off me. So I just stand in there in the middle of the arena with my shafts at my ankles, looking like an idiot. <laughs> and uh, so I really didn't necessarily want him, but I knew he was probably my only chance and ended up getting him. And he used to do this thing where he'd jump out three or four and then like do a full 180 left, really low. And he's like really hard about it. And I remember standing there just looking him in the eye when I was putting my rigging on him. So he's really gentle. And I'm like, just don't go left. Like, not today. You <laughs> don't on, have to. There. You know, there's a whole <laughs> arena out there. You want to just do your thing. Just do anything but go left. <laughs> and I remember like 
I was so nervous. And I was like, I just want to get in, run my hand in and nod my head. And so Casey goes on cool water. He's like 84. And like the second she leaves, I'm nodding my head because I want out. I don't want to think anymore. I just want to go. And it was like five seconds in when he stalled out in front of the center gate. And I was like, he's not going left. He's not (laughs) going to go left. This is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. So, uh, so you win your event and then you have to sit the rest of the day and, and have everyone ask you, what are you going to do if you win a million dollars for like the ne- re- next two and a half yeah, hours of ro- they, or next hour yeah. of rodeo? Make you sit there and sweat it out. And I didn't really pay attention to it because I was still just so excited about having just won the bareback riding against those. I mean, Brian Gray, yeah. Bobby Moat, Casey Field, like this is crazy got a hundred thousand dollars this is nuts it's already your biggest win (laughs) yeah yeah and then i was standing there didn't really know what was going on and then we get to the barrel racing and wade sundell's like if she wins this you're good like um lisa lockhart i think yeah and she did and then he's like you just won a million bucks (laughs) this is wow dude what (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't have like scripted it any better hey like the first american like the this whole cool thing with the million bucks and then actually have someone come in and win it like that's a that's a crazy deal yeah it was pretty wild and like i don't know i don't know who said it It was like kind of set up for a a timed event guy to win Mm -hmm. odds were in more in a timed event's favor um but really it kind of hasn't stuck with that like taylor price won it the next year mm-hmm. um had quite a few qualifiers in the rough stock go ahead and make a, a ton of money out of that mm. deal dang so so then what did you do what did you do after you won it like i remember the day i remember having see like watching it and you win the big check and there's all the interviews after but like when what do you do that day what do you do with the money? You know, when did you see again that you're like, oh, damn, I just want a million dollars. And you're like, set yeah. up for like a few years, you're pretty good on cash. Like at least like one or two seasons, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically went into the office. They cut me the check right there. Really? For 1.1 million? 1.1. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I just handed it, I handed it to my dad and I was like, I don't want this. Yeah. Like you do, do whatever we need to do with this. And then went back to the, the hotel and that was, they'd put all everybody up there and like walked in the bar. Everybody started clapping. And then it was just a pretty much a party from then on. Um, I did make the mistake of getting a, agreeing to a phone interview the next morning at 8am. <laughs> oh, no. um, it was a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> It was very rough. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, basically they everything had froze up in Dallas that day. So like the freeways were just open that that next day. And I, I headed straight to Houston. I got a day off, a day to get there, and then rode in Houston the next day, in the next three days, and had old men in the parking lot at Houston waiting to give me financial advice. Um, <laughs> business opportunities immediately after that. <laughs> oh, wow it was almost like that, you, like yeah. you won the lottery a little so, bit though right that like was crazy crazy it didn't yeah it, and then it kind of turned to 
well, I don't want to be a one hit wonder here. So yeah, like I've got to change, set my goals here. Like we're back to the bit, back to the main goal, which is make the NFR. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And that continued on to just be a, an awesome year all the way around. Well, well that had to be shatter, a huge confidence like, boost too. Like you said, yo, like, yeah, like beating those top guys and, and showing you can compete at that level. Like that's ought to be like change the whole trajectory of your career even. Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely even before that was just like, man, I'm close, you know, like I've always looked at like, you know, Bobby or Casey or any of those guys doing, you know, interviews and sponsors and all this stuff. And like basically all that happened overnight. Like mm-hmm. now I've got interviews. Now I've got sponsors now, like now I'm legit. Like now I've got to stay this way. Um, like, yeah, it was a huge confidence boost to know that I could, you know, and just like it's worked this much. I might as well just roll with it, not change <laughs> anything and have fun the rest of this year and see what happens. And yeah, it just turned out to be, yeah, just a crazy, crazy year set up for a crazy career, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, cause you go and uh, finish second in the average at the NFR that year and then finish third in the world with, you know, winning 198,000. So you're, you know, I don't, I forget how far ahead, uh, would have been Casey that probably would have won that year in 14, if I remember right. But I think but so. Yeah. Yeah. You get that close. Like you're like, go from your, go, go into your first NFR and finish third. You know what I mean? Like, like you didn't just one hit wonder that, that year you went and got after it, right? Like you went and competed yeah. at the elite level. And so you had at least a 1.3 million year plus a few sponsors. Did, was Huey or Yeti or anybody Nakona on with you before that American uh, thing, or did it all happen after? Uh, Nakona, Wrangler, uh, Huey, and Resist All, I believe, that year. Or before you had won the American? Uh, Huey and Wrangler were before the American. Oh, wow. Um, nice. And then I picked up Nakona and resist all i think did you have to oh, maybe resist all maybe no. resist all was resist all was with me before after well. the rookie maybe. maybe i just picked up me yeah i think and then maybe picked up Huey after or uh, okay i remember picking up nakona right before the finals okay i see i said do you have to tell some people no after the american you had so many calls i get flooded with it man oh, well. i got no room left on my shirt man well, no, no, it wasn't like that. But I like what I did learn after that year is to say no to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think I ate lunch in a taxi cab every single day of the NFR, uh, going from signing to signing, and then straight back to the room, grab my gear and go. Um, and so I've kind of in the years past just kind of dialed things back and learned that my time and prep and everything's and mm-hmm. can be more important than being out there showing face. Um, you, uh, you mentioned the business uh, propositions in the parking lot. Uh, what was the best one that you were presented? Oh, and did you invest honestly, in any of them? No. <laughs> I have zero investments on uh, random parking lot conversations. Um, but it was a lot of old men just like making sure that I wasn't going to, you know, blow it or, you know, I need to look into these kind of, you know, safe investments and this and that. I'm like, I don't know you, dude. I don't even have the money. Like, <laughs> it's all good. I I appreciate your concern. Oh man, 
The uh, so were these like old rodeo guys or just like fans in the parking lot or like what was it? Yeah, yeah, just no idea. I've never seen these. I've never seen these people before <laughs> in my life. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it'd awesome. be hilarious. One of them was like an NF, NFT guy or like a Bitcoin right? guy. He's like, man, I got a great <laughs> idea for you. Could yeah, be worth yeah. a billion right now. <laughs> Digital sports cards. Oh dear. Yeah. That's a good one, man. If you'd have put a million, why did you put a million bucks into Bitcoin in 2014? Though you would have been a gazillionaire. Always looking forward, never backwards, Gracie. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's just crazy to think it was wild. So, what yeah, has been? It what, would be. Yeah. What have been some of the best things you've done with that so far? Like, did you just stash away and like not even think about it, or like, like what? What have you? You know, what's been a win so far that way, or? Like what's the deal? Yeah, you did buy the place in Stevensville. Part of the deal. Yeah, I took uh, took some of it. Bought a gun. Bought a RV, and then was like, okay, I played. Do what you need to with the money, and then, like I said, I was winning enough money rodeoing um, outside of that. That yeah, I just you know my dad's like, hey, this is here. I'm gonna he put it you know got it invested well, and we hired a team to do that, and it's done well ever since um he's like this is always here but rodeo like you don't have it and so that's just been kind of the game plan since then is just like i never once look at the standings and think i have enough money like yeah <laughs> i want to win more money you know yeah. um yeah and that's been it's kind of kept me hungry and, the, and i had a lull there like in 15 yeah like, what I didn't happened know in what 15? i was rodeoing for i went oh, really to, we just had the had the craziest year and you know figured it was it was so easy in 2014 why would it why wouldn't it just keep being easy um and i quit doing the things that you know got me there in the first place and um yeah it just took some serious time to just figure out why i wanted to ride bucking horses because it wasn't necessarily for the money anymore it wasn't to make the nfr like it just took some like serious time to figure out what my goals were what why I was doing it. Um, and man, I'm glad I figured that out. I, I think sitting there watching a few rounds after having made it was the best thing for me. Just lit the fire again. Like I'm never missing another one of these if I can help it. So I say that as I'm going to be watching the NFR again this year, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's but that's a different, little different, little, di little different yeah. circumstances. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, then you go uh, 2016. You're back. Uh, finished 11th in the in the world. 2017 looks like a good year. Go to Canada. Win a lot of rodeos. Wainwright, Grand Prairie, Leduc, Sundry, Dawson Creek, Strathmore. Jeez, that's a lot of Canadian rodeos. That's a lot of man. Canadian rodeos. Yeah. So, in 2017, probably looks like a pretty good year. Finished second in the world. 268,000 on the season. That's huge. And uh, but second in the average. Um, just missed that one how I, I forget now but how close was that one i don't um, know i don't think there was any catching tim that year okay okay we were all kind of battling for second okay i see that was when yeah. tim was way ahead okay then yeah but but tell me more about 17 and all the time you spent in canada and where specifically you might have spent <sighs> those, those <laughs> small little town in southeast saskatchewan <laughs> uh i don't get out to the ranch very often usually in calgary um but yeah, that was, I think 17 was my first full season up there. Yeah. Um, one Calgary, I think. Look back at that. 
I know you got an 18. I don't have that all reckon, remembered. Yeah, 17 and 18. I won the – I remember I was season leader coming into my first CFR. I think that was 17. And um, no, that would have been 2018. I think Jake Bold got me there. But I, mm-hmm. I think I had a tough Canadian finals, my first one. When did it move to Red Deer? What year did it move to Red Deer? 18. 18, Okay. So, yeah, so 17 would have been my first uh, CFR in Edmonton. Um, Obviously fell in love with rodeoing up there and then realized after that how sweet it is to go to the Canadian finals, get on a bunch of really good horses, make a lot of money, and then one month later go get on a lot of the same horses at the NFR. Um, And then 18 – Calgary again, and then finally wrapped up a Canadian title, which like it kind of it's kind of fun because you go up there and the money takes longer for it to hit the standings. <laughs> it's like everyone will be done rodeoing for a week, and then like twenty grand will hit the hit the standings, and they're like, "Where'd that come from?" <laughs> like, like, yeah, you gotta head north, boys. Gotta go north. Are you, are you finding more guys wanting to come up this way now with especially the horsepower and, and seeing the success that guys like you and other, other guys from down South have had? Yeah, I think there's a, a bunch of guys that really want to go. It is a long way to go and it takes mm-hmm. commitment to get that count. And uh, I think most guys are going to try and hit Pinoka or Strathmore or those kind of key ones. Um, uh, but yeah, I think the desire is there. It's just a lot of guys don't know how. And, you know, there's just a lot of questions and better, you know, a lot of talk, but never do go up there. And I, I wish they would, cause it is, it's awesome. I, I think wish... Caleb will probably rodeo up there till he's 70. So <laughs> we still have him, which is not that far away, actually. It's getting oh, close. He's not that old. He's one of those guys have been coming up for a long time. Like he, he has been coming up since like, 2013 2014 like at least yeah him and jr pretty much lived up there it seemed like and then whenever i started going with him he uh took me up showed me the ropes and now i think he's got leighton berry coming up they're hustling to get him his count so i think he'll be good contention for the for the title this year too how's uh how's jr doing i've seen some of his videos i saw him riding was it a cutting horse he was riding or like a, a reining horse? I saw it. On, yeah. Just on the... He's, uh, I mean, he's doing great from what I've seen. And uh, I haven't talked to him, uh, lately, but like last year at the NFR, he had his, the robotic legs and walked into the locker room and hung out with us every night down there. And, um, yeah, it seems like he's doing really good. And I think he's been horseback since well, well before when he should have been, uh, <laughs> But you're not you're not gonna tell that guy no. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, it's it ain't slowed him down, that's for sure. Um sorry, Waste, go ahead. Uh yeah, I was gonna ask us about some of your traveling partners. We've been talking about some of these guys, like over the years, who are some of your favorite guys you've been around and maybe some of the the wild stories from the roads over the years? <laughs> uh they traveled with Casey and Tilden. Um those guys are a blast. Um, Jesse Davis, 
Caleb, Mason Clements, Casey Coletti, Seth Hardwick, um, Matt Bright when I first started. Uh, but I think Jesse Davis, Jesse Tildman, Casey are probably just the <laughs> they're Wild just bunch. they're just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh just yeah, not that but I, people always ask that question. I can't really ever think of like mm-hmm. on the spot just good good stories, but like it's just always been fun and like stupid stuff like credit card roulette at breakfast or getting uh getting a uh like a call back on like a safe got I remember one time me and Casey got drew out somewhere and we both got one call to fill the position and we both had the day off. And so we cowboy Indian bared in the parking lot of a gas station <laughs> and he got to go. He really? Me. <laughs> like, yeah. do you mean like leg wrestling? What do you mean? No, like, uh, it's basically rock, paper, scissors, but you just stand back to back and you take three steps and you either, you're either cowboy Indian or a bear. <laughs> uh, so what trumps what? I think a bear kills the Indian. Indian cowboy kills the. I can't remember. Cowboy probably gets the bear because the gun. Yeah, I think that's right. Bear mm-hmm. kills cowboy. Bear kills Indian. I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> Stupid stuff. Just, you've been on the road for you've been on the road way too long when those are the things that you're like, that was really fun, man. <laughs> what do you uh how else do you spend time on the road though? Or did you spend time on the road? Uh lots of golf. Okay. Lots of golf, yeah. Um pretty much if there's a day off or shoot, I remember leaving from Caldwell, I think, to go to penalt to park in Pendleton to play eighteen and be done in time to get to Canby that night to ride. <laughs> oh really? Oh dang. Oh yeah. Oh that's yeah. Fun. And like I remember like twenty twenty was really fun because we were all the entire group was going from rodeo to rodeo. You know, there's only so many to go to and we were all entered and after the Dodge City short round, we had like twelve of us play a big golf tournament. Just, you know, flip tees for who got partners and then just go play all day uh, after a short round of dodge. Was, yeah, we didn't. It was terrible. <laughs> Holy. Um, what about uh, like music and podcasts or what What does that look like when you guys are going? Or is it lots of conversation or is it a, you know, an FU match because somebody <laughs> messed something up on the way? Or how what? many ditch fights for, yeah, for a road fights? trip happen? I've not had a ditch fight. Uh, Shoot, me and Caleb usually just listen to music or talk, really. Yeah. Um, might like if I'm by myself, I'm audio booking. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Maybe podcasting. Um, I get just tired of the same old music. Yeah. Um, and then anymore, you just throw on Netflix if you got good service and watch a show. Cruise. Oh, okay. <laughs> it also depends what time of year it is because if it's like, june music talking having a ball august september more or less separation (laughs) (laughs) yeah just don't talk to me until it's my turn to drive again oh geez but 
talk a bit about Paige and how how much she's helped. Uh, like she's, as everybody knows up here, she's been a high level athlete and been at the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. It must be really valuable to have her in your corner too, heading down the road, especially these dog days of summer when the season gets long and and grueling on the mind. Yeah, definitely. The she's just obviously, like you said, a, a high level athlete and understands the the mental aspects of. And that's the thing. Best part about it is it's relatable to anything you do, like whether it's business or rodeo. And she's just always been such a good like baseboard for me to check in and just like where are you at, how do you feel, especially when you're end of the season and they're not paying you or you're not drawing good. Just to have like your buddies are always gonna be like, man, it's gonna turn, you know. And then I can call her and get like actual like, well, what are you doing? How are you thinking about this? Like, why are your actions like a result of bad scores or your bad scores a result of your actions? Like, um, stuff like that. That's just, yeah, it's been a game changer for the last six years. We gotta, we gotta touch on this season too. We, we talked about it beforehand, but I guess we never really talked about it on the show yet, but kind of what happened, talk about the, the neck injury and, and how it all went down between those few winter rodeos this winter. Yeah, just it was honestly it's a compounding deal. So it was there's no like one incident that it was, you know, this is where it happened. Uh, I think it's honestly just ten years of knocking my head off a horse's ass. Um, probably didn't help. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like I said. I was having a good good year. Like I think I had like twenty some thousand one, and I went to six rodeos. Um, was drawing good, was feeling good for the most part. Uh, just got to that point where I was like, man, I probably need to check this out. And, and thank God we did find it because, you know, I was honestly the way it was a one bad hit land on my head wrong, something like that. And, you know, it could have been astronomically worse. Cause it was a um, specifically, it was a bulge disc, uh, in your neck. So pretty high up in your neck or was it back or where was it again? Sorry. Uh, yeah, nope. Neck. C3 and C4, so like right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, fairly yeah. uncommon from what I hear. Really? So, yeah. And there's, you know, just moving forward, it'll be like a different neck roll. I'm going to work on my riding style, certain things to protect that yeah. uh, as I go back and, and just have to be a little more selective on what kind of animals I do get on, when it's worth the risk, when it's not. And, um, yeah, just... If they could get good at saying no, I guess. But I'm yeah, pretty you... good at I was pretty good at turning out already. So <laughs> <laughs> dang. Rodeo smarter, not harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh so you got it fixed. Um you guys don't have like insurance probably on that really, or what happens with something yeah, like that? I, like I, I, I carry my own insurance uh okay. and they it had covered most of it. So like financially that was a huge huge blessing because it would have yeah that have made this year a whole lot worse if that had to come out out pocket on that one well so um, you but, don't have to you don't have to say it either tell me but like what the hell would you have to pay for insurance as a professional bareback rider like for your monthly um, premiums like, oh the- shoot just like i think i think with me and Paige, it's six or seven hundred a month Okay, that's not ridiculous um, then. It's it's not bad at all. Um, and 
Yeah, but we have you. You have your insurance through the PRCA. But oh, okay. I just, you know, just ran it through my insurance, and all good. But that you surgery know, I, would have been probably a hundred grand or something crazy. Like yeah. I have no idea. Like it'd be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Right at it. Yeah. Jeez. So, because yeah, if you got to pay for that for a hundred grand, like you're you're juggling like some guys would be juggling their health against what they could afford. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, it, and there was really no option there. Like, get it done. I might their insurance will pay for it. I'll have to go win Calgary next year, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, geez. So, okay, <laughs> so how how are you feeling now? We talked like we talked earlier. You said you're talking. You're working with some folks in Calgary, Acumen Performance. Yeah. They're helping you uh, get back to normal and. You know what where you at what's things look like is it a spring return uh january you know where you at yeah uh so the leanne and mike from acumen have been awesome uh i've worked with them for the last i guess since 2016 so uh filled them in obviously the whole way through this and um been talking with uh sean scott uh with used to be with sports med now he's kind of just all of, he just takes care of his boys. Uh, and he's thinking he helped Tilden through his neck injury and his recovery. And he's not new to this. So we're looking, hopefully, hopefully Denver. Okay. Is my so, guess. Mm-hmm. I so eight, eight to 10 months. Okay. Um, I'll be cleared in October, but that's just for normal life. Um, so we're just going to yeah run some scans and stuff in October, November and make sure everything in there is as solid as it can be. And if it needs more time, it'll have more time. If not, no big deal. Um, yeah. Just like if I come back at San Antonio, I'm not going to be sad, you know? Yeah. You can I just want to make sure it's right and be mm-hmm. once it's once I, once I go, then I'm ready to go. I'm not going to push it. We waited this long. So. Yeah. Yeah. Get it right. So you're, uh, intended to come back next season. What, uh, what the heck, you know, how do you, what are you doing right now? How are you, how are you making a living on the off season now? What, what does that look like? Um, Paige has been making a living. I've been playing <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of golf, a lot of fishing uh, looks like what, what are you been working uh, on? Yeah. Golf took a while, uh, just for physically to be able to swing a golf club and not have it hurt. Uh, but yeah, back to, full strength on the golf course. Um, but yeah, I've been fishing a lot and, uh, starting to take some guided days. So making a little money guiding fly fishing uh, on the river here. And that's been fun and nice and nice to have a little money in the pocket and give me some, some purpose. Um, but it's, you know, it's just kind of here and there whenever I get days, I get days and we've had, like I said, I've been gone for the last 12 years of summers. So, now I've had basically been running a bed and breakfast of friends and family that have come and stayed and, <laughs> uh, which has been great, you know, just getting a lot of time with people that normally, you know, I'm on the road all year and don't get a bunch of time with. So been able to show everyone Montana and go do some fun things, uh, get some quality time, um, with people. It's been, it's been awesome. Oh, that's, that's, that's fun. And, and maybe like, you know, I don't know what the next chapter looks like after rodeo, but it's something to, for a guy to think about that this could be this could be something, I guess, eh? Yeah, definitely. And at least to know if I ever did get to the point where I was done, I'm not done with rodeo and wondering what in the heck to do. You know, at mm-hmm. least I've got one thing on the go and 
who knows if anything will come of it. I know I enjoy it. Um, and yeah, let's see what kind of doors that open along the way. But, uh, it was something I wanted to do even before I got hurt, um, was to just kind of use some, uh, even my off days, uh, or, you know, if I draw bad and do turn out for three or four days, I've still got my, you know, got something on the go here and can make a little money and, and build towards the future too. So. Yeah, it's been a, a cool experiment for the longest time. There's that was always questionable. What after rodeo? Like, yeah. I always felt like I was cheating on rodeo if I entertained any sort of other idea. And now I'm to the point where I'm like, no, I really love rodeo. I want to win a world title. I'm going to do everything I can, but I probably should look into <laughs> seeing what else is out there because I am on the backside of that career. So, um, yeah, it's been a like I said, all the way around, just a great experience, health wise, mentally, physically. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy the last month or so of summer. So uh we got a email from a guy by the name of Craig Pablo. I was just gonna look at what it where he was from. Uh okay, so he says he's on the lower flathead river, which must lower be lower flathead. So he's north of me. Uh it would be like saint ignatius Paulson area yeah would it be uh maybe by foresight it's the only town i see here is that right or am i mixed up no foresight would be right would be far east like by miles city okay the flathead runs the, the south fork of the flathead runs uh the, there's big flathead lake just like an hour and a half north of me so look at Kalispell and come directly down. Oh, okay. Should be in between Missoula and Kalispell. I'm looking at it here. Um, I'm trying to find the thing. He sent us an email though. And he said, we got to come fly fishing with him. He, he found us something. Oh, here he is. Uh, flows out of Flathead Lake at Polson, Montana. So that is nice. close by. Is that close by? That's, you? Yeah. It's like an hour and a half. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Well, this is good to know. So yeah. I don't know what the timeline would look like, but we gotta we gotta get hooked up with Craig still because he invited us down there. Oh yeah, it's exactly straight north of you, right on the ninety three. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Fishing trip and a golf match. Yeah, that could be yeah, a good stroke, and <laughs> stroke and float. Stroke and float. Oh dear. Uh, I That's love awesome. it. So his oh, yeah. company's called Native Waters Fly Fishing. So so Craig, nice. yeah, his name his name's Craig. So we'll have to. Uh, uh, what does he say? Oh wow. Maybe in the fall. I wonder. Ah, geez, we got to look at this now. Okay. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah, we need to talk to you for all this. Is uh, our friends from Wrangler? Yeah, David I already sent it play. to them. Because we, we can, but if we, if we get Richie involved, we could have a excellent adventure with with Richie. Richie, that could be an excellent adventure. Stroke, stroke, stroke and Ted and Wacy stroke and float. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, oh, man. So, speaking of golf, though, where are you at in the golf game? What are you shooting? What's your, uh, how many hole in ones do you have now? Oh, 14 to get to the hole. Um, <laughs> no hole in ones. Are you a better uh, golfer or fisherman? I'm playing like fisherman, probably. I hope yeah. so. Uh, like shooting like i don't know bogey golf 
Yeah. Low nineties. Yeah. High eighties on the day. Yeah. Um, been loving the driver lately. Long game has been above average for me. Um, nice. They're like Tiger with the irons are exactly. <laughs> uh, irons have been a little up in the air, um, but my short games—that's always been my bread and butter. So okay, yeah, I get by. All oh, right, on. Geez, we're gonna have to work on that. Waste. I don't know when we'll do it. That could be fun. That could be really fun. Um, good content what's your what's your season gonna look like next year though are you gonna go to a few less like if you're picking and choosing a bit more are you gonna take the jake vold model and go to like 20 or 24 <laughs> rodeos and just pick and just go to those or what's it look like yeah no i won't i won't pick that not quite to that extent not I that hope. Extreme. uh not that extreme um probably i mean i'm gonna enter the rodeos in the winter just the same as i normally would um might go just take it easy in the spring. You know, the idea is have a good winter, go the ones you want to in the spring, and then that way you can summer rodeo the way you you want to, and not the way you yet have to. Like, um, and really, it'll just depend on stock. You know, if I, I'm not going to go out of my way, I'm not going to wear out my body um, for a horse that mm-hmm. isn't a you know, I don't have good things to go off of. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely can't be a test dummy anymore. Um, so <laughs> yeah, just, the young guys said, just be smarter and <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to limit myself, but really just kind of going to go off feel and see how things are going really. Like, I don't really know how it's going to feel I, but the way I feel. I haven't felt this good since I was shoot 21. Mm-hmm. So, Dang. um, we'll see, see where that where that goes and obviously like i said just trying out even if i am feeling really good just be smart um you're, it's, a, uh, it's a long season oh yeah for sure there, there's not much of an off season either unfortunately no. yeah it's kind of no. year-round but so yeah you tim has had some really big years and is way ahead of guys and you know like you say you're fighting for second what do you think of the format like is the format correct like should they put a limit on like a top end on how many you can go to should be points so that it, there's still a chance to yeah. win at the end of the year. Like, what do you think? So we've got, we've got a count of a hundred. Yeah. Um, that's how many rows you can go to and have money count. You can go to as many as you want. just after that hundred. It doesn't count towards the standings. Um, I think that's a good number. I don't see anybody, you know, I think I've made it the last couple of years and right about 55 or 65 rodeos. Uh, which isn't a ton, you know, it's not Jake Bold in 24. I'm sure Casey's <laughs> done it in less than 30 as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you, you know, you enter 70 or so and then, you know, or 80 and then you go to 50 of them. So it's not too bad. That's not a an alarming amount of bucking horses. And um, I think you got your guys that have their, killer seasons and you get to the NFR and there's enough money there that if you do your job and you draw right, then you can make up any amount of ground you need to. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it does get tough when, if those guys continue their hot streak, when they get there, then it's like, mm-hmm. not catch you really gotta, you basically you just gotta do your job. And if they fumble, then, you've got to be ready to step on the gas. So 
with uh, I think I, I was just gonna say I think like this year is gonna be a really good race. Uh, everyone's pretty tight, you know. It's a couple, maybe a round or two, um, separating the top guy. Well, actually, no, Cole shoot Cole Reiner's probably only a thousand bucks off Jess Pope right now. So yeah, you're it's exactly be right. Hundred or a thousand, and it's uh, gonna be a, a heated. Yeah. It'll be a heated battle, and I think it's gonna go round for round, which is what you want. Um, and there's a bunch of guys in that range. So, uh, that's ideal. Um, it's always a bit tough when somebody comes in with, you know, a hundred thousand ahead of everybody else, but yeah, um, that's just rodeo. I mean, if you, if you, if I'm out there next year and I have a hundred thousand dollar lead going into Vegas, I'm cool with it. I'm, not I'm down, it, you know? <laughs> so yeah. what do you, what do you think it's going to take for you to elevate to that level and, and maybe get, get that opportunity to come in with a big lead like that, or, or like, like ride that wave or just get that world title you're you're after. Yeah. I think the few times I've been uh, close, it's been about getting, getting to Vegas and getting it going early. Like you want to be, you want to come out big in the first rounds and then continue. Like if you can get the momentum going when you get there, the regular season really doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. It's, you definitely want to come in in that top five. Uh, you want to be in the conversation, but everything rides on getting to Vegas, getting a round win early, placing in rounds early, and then continuing that. But if you don't get that attention and that that kind of win behind you, it can be a long ten days. Huh? What? What? Uh, well, going further on to. Uh to onto Wacy's question, what are the goals remain in your career? What, what else do you want to accomplish? What else do you want to do in the next, you know, I don't know if it's five, seven, 10, what it yeah. ends up being, but it's probably at the most 10 at, at, if you're luckiest, right? Yeah. I'd love to win another Canadian title. I uh, want, like I said, one gold buckle, maybe five, who knows? Like <laughs> at this point, um, but get the one and go from there. Um, uh, another Calgary and another American would be pretty sweet. Yeah. So it's kind of really those, all those rodeos you win, they're just a, they're another goal and pursuit of the main goal. So okay, you, it's hard to, it makes winning that gold buckle a lot easier if you pick off those big ones along the way. So. Uh, it's true. They all kind of work together. I, I'm, you know, with everything getting going back up in Canada, I'm definitely going to make an effort to go up there. Just there's nothing better than Canadian rodeoing. So, um, but I've definitely been missing that the last couple of years. Well, we're glad it's back too. We uh, we look forward to seeing you back next next season as well. So hope is, that is next in good shape and you're ready to rock and roll. Is the door yeah. open for you to win another million at the American this upcoming season? Because you wouldn't qualify it, through the standings. It. It is. I'll have to go through oh, the qualifiers. Yep. Nice. Yep. That could be Return a cool of the story. Champ. Return of the Mac. Let's go. You uh, <laughs> is that so? Do you have zero qualifications for all the PRCA rodeos now too? Is that the same thing? No, I'll have every. I'll be able to get into everything next year, uh, based okay. on what I did this year too. So okay, good. Uh, okay. And I think there's a way to enter uh, after being hurt or something like this where. You okay. at least get a year to get your they don't just put you Knock at the bottom you. of the totem pole. To the... <laughs> okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. 
Oh, um, you, you got hurt. Good luck coming back. See you later, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, Wait, what else do you have? We, uh, I think that's everything, man. Yeah. You sure. I think I got more, but I don't know what it is right now. I'm trying to think here. Well, let's, re- let's, re- let's re let's revisit when I'm ready to, when I get some hard dates to come back. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can make a plan. Like we get that. Close. Save some of it for the stroke and float. Yeah, there we go. Okay, I had a question about uh, about Yeti, your partnership with Yeti. Um, how like do you have like a Yeti room at your house? It's just all Yeti stuff because being a sponsor, I have a Yeti. I have a Yeti house. A Yeti house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. is that the the Texas place? Like back there, is that the Yeti house? Like what the heck? Oh Oh, yeah, they're they're the best, man. I I love that company uh, and everything they make. They're great people, and uh, yeah, there's a. pretty much at any given time, especially with Paige, she likes to just leave Yeti mugs, just fill it up with water, take a sip, set it down. She's filling up a different one and another time. Just There's just Yetis just everywhere. The garage is <laughs> pretty much stacked with coolers, uh, which has actually been pretty fun this year. It's like, you know, being on the road rodeo and I get to use, I don't get to use their product a ton outside of their drinkware. Uh, they're, you know, just dorm, a cooler on the road. And now I'm getting to use their dry bags and their dry boxes and everything fishing wise that, you know, really getting to use their products, uh, what they're made for. And yeah, it's been pretty, pretty fun. I love it even more now. It's more What's obsessed. your favorite Yeti product? Yeah. Oh, mm, probably their dry box. The Yeti go box is my favorite. That's I've like your fishing for, gear, like, my fishing stuff, and mm-hmm. and a toolbox uh, that goes on the road with me. And just yeah, they're they're sick. Dang. What what about? Uh, do you have any actual glassware in your house, or is it all stainless it's steel like, anyway? Yeah. There is there is some <laughs> yes, there is some glassware, <laughs> uh, but we do have like one by one like three cabinets designated just for Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, yeah, I got the Yeti plates i got the yeti cutlery i got the yeti let me pull up the fine china just a bunch of yeti stuff (laughs) yeah dude i I had a roommate uh a roommate a few years ago uh that lived with me and Paige, and he'd you know have certain guests over and uh one morning he had to stop one of them from trying to steal a Yeti mug on the way out. Oh, no way. Like, these are not party gifts. <laughs> no, yeah. We protect the Yetis at all costs. Oh, oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Well, you guys, you guys aren't far away from uh, where they shoot Yellowstone either, and that's kind of taken over the world with everything that they got going on. Do you run into any of the stars around there? Do you have any ruckus going on? Anywhere that you can hear, uh, what's the deal there? Yeah, I've actually been down on the river uh, when they were shooting like a big battle scene, and it just sounded like like a full on war was going off. Damn, it, it was pretty cool. Um, I haven't seen any of the stars around. I'm buddies with a few of the guys that do stunts for them, um, but yeah, they're not far. I drive by, I drive by the Dutton Ranch every <laughs> every week probably so Dang. and are you yeah are you yellowstone people fan? here people people i've watched one season and then it, i never got back on board uh but people here that love it or hate it you know mm. it's it's great it's awesome it's a great show it does 
you know, it's doing great things for the community. But then again, you bring in, you know, when you shed light on a place, people are going to flock there. And there's a lot of people that don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably been quite, well, been a lot quieter before some of that stuff. So I, yeah. I kind of get it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, there's a bunch of stuff I want to get into on the other side of things, like on the bareback riding and specifically, and you said one of the guys that you beat in high school rodeo business ended up, uh, uh, he makes gloves for you, but the bareback riding is like very specific, a very specific event with very specific gear. Uh, then, then the other side of it, like I, I could, we could talk about the concussion side of it a little bit and like how you guys kind of almost get like a bit of a, like, what you call it? Like a micro concussion or like your, your brain gets rattled around. Like you said, bouncing your head off the back of a horse. So, you know, go whichever way you want to off the bat, but like, yeah, got to talk about that a bit. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The, I said, my buddy Colton Wiley, he's, built my gloves pretty much ever since my last year of high school rodeo. Uh, now he builds them for most of the guys going. Um, his dad makes my shaps. Um, and then like, you know, those gloves are specific just to, you know, how we all like them just a little bit different. They all do the same thing, but uh, we've all got different things we like. And um, basically building a glove well enough to last tying on to, you know, X amount of horses before that leather gives out. Um, so he's a, done a really good job with that. And it's, like I said, everybody's different, whether it's riggins or, or gloves, but it's all the same principle. Like it was some, some riggins work better for a tall guy with long arms. Some guys, some of it works better for a short stocky guy. Uh, it's basically just all a feel. Um, and I'm, I'm bad for just kind of jumping around and trying new stuff when I should probably just stick with what always works, but, um, you never know unless you try. Um, forgot. What was your other question? <laughs> the, I wanted to ask about the concussion side of things. Like how, how's your head yeah. doing? What, what does that, what does that look like? I said, I've been pretty fortunate The the mouthpiece game is the ticket. Uh, I remember when I was, I don't know, I guess the first few years of my career, I'd just like chew gum and then ride, um, or bite on a piece of tape or something. Um, and you, you know, get off a, a hard one or something that was really beating you in the back of the head and eliminator and get off and you're kind of spotty and ears are ringing a little bit and you, you feel fine, you know, it doesn't really affect you. But ever since going, um, I've had a few horses hit me like mid ride where you start, the vision starts doing that as you're riding them. And that's when I went to, uh, the a mouthpiece and so i'm trying to think of the company i use spacing right now but they're all custom like you send in a mold they send it custom made exactly for your for your teeth and honestly i haven't had even the slightest symptom of you know loss of clarity ears ringing anything like that uh like getting off on the pickup man if i get whip down or something and take a shot and that's a different story but as far as just like ride for ride jump for jump that's been the kind of the main answer and i think most of the guys are are doing that nowadays and you don't see too many kind of mid-ride blackouts or anything and everybody seems you know i i'm sure there's a few guys that have had quite a few concussions and prca's put in the pro, yeah, concussion protocol uh started last year so we've got We've all done baseline testing. So if something happens, we have to pass at that score if we want to continue to ride. Um, 
and I know you like up there, you guys have done a, a ton of stuff in that direction. And, uh, I think it's awesome. Um, but it, again, it's a, it's just a part of the game too. So you've got to like, at what point is it unsafe? And at what point, like, is this what you signed up for? Well, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, cause I, I know I've heard different things about guys experiencing certain things and, you know, like the multiple hits to the head and, and the depression side of things, or if there's, you know, I just yeah. want to check in on, on some of that. Yeah, no, I, I feel really good and really lucky not to have had too many, like, I'm sure there's been little stuff, but like notable times of yeah, where I really took a nap or I really didn't know where I was at when I got off. And um, like I said, it's just, a, it accumulates too. And I think there's a place maybe in Bozeman that does like gray, gray area testing or something where they kind of scan your brain to kind of see where's what's functioning and what's not. Um, me and Paige had talked about maybe doing that just to kind of, like I said, just to get a, a starting line. So then, you know, if you go back, you know, take a bad hit somewhere, you go back and get it checked out and you'd actually kind of understand how things are evolving. Has, has the conversations amongst competitors changed around that kind of stuff? I know it's like you mentioned with the stuff we were doing up here and it's really changed and, and whatnot, but I'm just wondering if it's changed kind of across the board and even in rodeo. I think we take, I think we all as a group take it a little more seriously. If you see somebody get knocked out or like we all take it a little more seriously than we used to. Um, and you know, it's usually like you see it, you jump out, you're getting on the road and you're sending that guy with a traveling partner. You're like, Hey man, like don't let him fall asleep. Don't give him anything but Tylenol, like all the, like the, the i guess the the education i guess is a little more widespread so everybody's kind of like looking out for each other um and then yeah just monitor you know because your traveling partners you spend the most time together you know you send you go home to your wife and you don't think you're any different and then all of a sudden you're moody or you're depressed and you didn't leave that way then then there's probably something there Mm -hmm. i got uh i got two more things before we for I'm I'm good here, Wace. I gotta ask. Uh, uh, there's two two kind of questions around one guy. Uh, Rocker Steiner was uh, fighting other bareback riders in the dressing room in uh, Calgary. I just thought I'd check in to see if you had any knowledge on that, Richmond, on what it, might have happened. I I heard about it. I would guess you know about what I know. Uh, okay. A couple of young kids, you know, passionate about rodeoing and came to a disagreement <laughs> okay um okay and then and then what are your thoughts on the 95 on virgil and where that sits in the record books or should it should it not uh did any, did everyone forget about davy shields riding great great coconut in calgary i feel like i know it wasn't uh it wasn't in the record books as far as being a prca rodeo but that was also 95 so just wanted to get your thoughts on that a little bit i think rocker made a great ride on a great bucking horse I've seen that ride. I've made that ride. I don't see anything in it that would make it take it from anywhere from a 92 or a 93 to a 95. I don't know what was so special about it. Um, other than it was just a great bareback ride, which we all love to see. And you see him on Virgil all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's Casey, me, Boldy, yeah. Caleb, Bigelow, Tilden. I don't see anything there 
like that Virgil did or Rocker did that merits a three or four point jump from what he's what everybody else has done. But okay. I'm not a judge, and he's an 18 year old kid that came out of nowhere and stopped the Bucking Horse of the Year. Get on him. It doesn't, yeah, like I said, it doesn't, it's not going to, you can't change it. And now, now I, now you just got to go, okay, well, what's 96? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get on Virgil next, be like, Hey, so he was 95. So how about a 97? <laughs> 99. Yeah. Give me a hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, it's a subjective sport. So it's, it's hard to say. Is Virgil your favorite horse ever? Oh, oh yeah, twin, twin cherry. Where, where does that no, like? <laughs> she's led me to Virgil. I usually have Twin Cherry in the lot like in the long round, and then she usually sends me in the right direction after that. Oh, that's not awfully so nice. I had, of her, it? I had her my long round at uh my American. long round at the American, and then I had her for my first round at Calgary the first year I won it. Okay. Oh, well, so one more thing then. Sorry to keep continuing go- going on here, but like, what are your, some of your most memorable uh, wins and trophies and victories and buckles and whatnot? Like, I don't think, was there, there were pretty crazy buckles at the American when you won it, were yeah, there not? Yeah. The American was crazy just with the buckles, the shotgun, the Polaris Ranger, yeah, and everything else they went in that prize package. Um, really thankful I've gotten a Cheyenne buckle. Nice. Uh, obviously Calgary, both Calgary's and both Pinocas. Um, and then Ellensburg was, has always just been a big rodeo, like favorite rodeo in my family too. So to get a win there a few times is pretty awesome. And then, uh, you've got, uh, the surfboard from Corpus as well, but like what, what's your day to day? What's your like day to day buckle? What are you wearing? Um, I think I have Salinas on Salinas from, uh, from the tour finale last year. Okay. That's a favorite too. Oh, that's awesome. Obviously the, when I head north of the border, I wear my Canadian champion buckle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Flex. Got a flex on. (laughs) Have a poutine and double, double and your Canadian. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, right on, man. Richie, this has been great. Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And we'll uh, send it off with our final question. We ask all of our guests, what is your definition of cowboy shit? The hardest one of the show. Giving it everything you got, no matter what happens. And uh, when you hit the dirt, get your ass back up again. (laughs) Love it. Thanks for joining us, Richmond. We appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks, boys, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the stroke and float. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll do it. <laughs> okay. See you, man. Thanks. She had that western feel, knocked me back on my heels, playing my heart like a pen steel. Her kiss is red hot like baker's feel. Thank you to Richmond Champion for joining us this week. And uh, and I got to say thanks again to Sean Morton for listening to all these shows. He called me this morning. He's like, hey, do you want to go with this one or that one? I said, well, which one did you listen to? He said this one. So here we are with Richmond. 
We've got a very special show coming up next week, though. With uh, very special seven-time PRCA world champion bull rider Sage Kimsey. So Sage is on the way. A couple and, heaters uh, back to back. Yeah, yeah. We did a two for mm-hmm. one. We recorded a couple shows before the long weekend, so we got a couple in the in the bank. And mm-hmm. uh, let us know who else we should talk to. If you have a contact for someone that you think we should talk to, we uh, got some shows to do. We so. appreciate. It. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. But I've got some lines and some on some big guests that we hopefully can close in on and make it happen. Oh, do we? Do we? Who do we got? Well, you, you got you, you're talking to Janie, and I'm working on. Oh yeah, a couple of uh, true people and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So we're working on it. We're working on it, folks. We're working on it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you are a champion. You won your first buckle champion in, in a while. This is big Since news. 2014. Seven. 2014. An eight-year hiatus for Wacy Anderson, and he is a champion once again in the arena. This time, a little different. <laughs> event but he's a champ yeah the cochran wild cow race it's a staple event of the cochran fca rodeo every day weekend they might have invented they might, they, maybe they did invent it yeah maybe but the object of it is you got a there's a wild cow on a halter and you got to stop her there's video out i'm gonna work on getting video from you don't have to a, stop it do you you just gotta well, jump you don't have on. to you just gotta, well yeah it's gotta jump on it you, you gotta, gotta jump gotta on first First team to jump the, jump on the wild cow and ride it wins, and my team just so happened to do that, and yeah, walked away with a shiny new buckle thanks to the Cochrane Rodeo Committee. Everybody knows that, but it was, it was fun. It? Are you wearing it? No, I'm not. How do you not wear it to, wear it to uh, the office, bro? What the hell? You gotta wear that because uh, everyone needs. I'm more, more. I'm just going for some comfort here at the office today. Jeez, so, what a guy. Yeah, that's nah, all good. But anyways, yeah, I entered it with a couple of my buddies who I played hockey with, so. One guy had probably never stepped foot in a rodeo arena in his life. And then my other buddy, Tim Martin, some people may know him as the giant from the behind the uh, truck wagon barns of the Calgary Stampede. He's a very big man. He So he was going to end up jumping on the cow and he basically made it look like a kid riding a sheep in the mutton busting. Yeah, he like grabbed him around the neck. Sheep. It was hilarious. Yeah, like literally like rode it like a sheep. It was so funny. So it worked all worked out really well. And we, uh, yeah, we all got a new new buckle. So it was super fun. Nobody got hurt. hurt. Nobody got hurt. Uh it was pretty funny though. I went by there on Monday and they were talking about how, uh, how you just like bailed out of the announcer saying like, Hey, sorry, I got to go. Would you do this for a second? And you just like peace. And, and then, and then you go down to the wild cow race, the announcers and everybody weren't so sure what was going on until they saw you in the arena. Then you won. Um, Tell us the story. It was funny. So I hadn't really told anybody that I was entered in it that day um the time the girl's timing knew and then obviously chris um conan with the committee i entered through him so he knew i was in it and i told billy and a few other guys but didn't tell the announcer so they had the the ladies bronc riding and so whatever we're working through it working through and i had built a little playlist on the music sheet to to like kind of just press play on so i could go rip down there so i grabbed one of the gals who was in the announcer stand helping out at the time and i was like hey can you just like run this for me like just, all you gotta do is press play on this and run this little fader for the music and she's like yep yeah, okay got it so i go and i start leaving and wes and and john are like hey, where are you going i'm like i'm wild cow racing boys in there he's like what the hell <laughs> so by the time we get down to the rig john didn't realize until i was down in the arena that i was wild cow racing so he was, oh, i heard i heard afterward he was a little worried that the sound guy was going to get mucked out in the mild cow milking but no or racing fine. sorry it's <clears throat> but hey Made it out, made it out alive. So That's here we awesome. are. And you're the champ. Mm-hmm. It was fun. And we're the champs, man. Pretty cool. It was nice. It was pretty funny because Josh, my one buddy, he was texting me before, and he was. I could tell he was pretty nervous again because he never stepped foot in an arena in his life. He just kind of, 
he's always been a, like been a, I guess one of his first few rodeos was going to the Stampede this year, last few years, and like he came to Elnora bull riding with me, and he saw the wild cow milking at Elnora, that really crazy one. So I think <laughs> he started getting his head started getting his head about it a little bit. So man, but was there was some we were able to go in there. There were some nasty wrecks on in that event on Sunday though, or on Monday. Like oh, the wild yeah. cow race was like way dodgier, or what I saw was like it was pretty gnarly on Monday. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the thing is too, a lot of guys like try to like actually stop the cow and grab around the head. And like a lot of those guys aren't going to muscle those cows. Like it's, that's how you end up getting mucked out. Except so for Tim, but Tim just like jumped on that. Cow he didn't mug. Yeah. He didn't mug her. Yeah. That's, you just, yeah, they just jumped and like bear hugged her. <laughs> I literally, I, I bet you if Tim got down on his hands and knees, he'd be almost the same height as that cow. Probably. Very, <laughs> very true. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, we got it done and everybody's happy. Well done. All good. Well done. Any Thanks, other uh, escapades it. coming up? You got any other? Uh, no, 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 no. That was a, a one-time thing. I, I, I did consider entering the wild cow milking in Teepee Creek this past summer, but because they usually have really nice buckle there. So, but they turned out they didn't have the buckle, so I said no. So you're only day. entering the these auxiliary in- events if there's a nice buckle. Yeah, yeah. I'm at the point where I don't need the. 300 bucks or 400 bucks the guy was there more prize money was there prize money there's no prize money in cochran there's no entry fees which is yeah whatever okay. but, but even just... even with like tb creek had 1500 bucks but it's like oh damn nah, i'd rather win the i'd rather win the buckle it's true it's it's not about the Personal. money for you it's about the pride it's about the glory it's about, it's about the glory are you have you tied that to your new uh gertie leather belt yet are you like i haven't tied it on yet I, I, i'm working on it though i gotta get it on there you just need to get a screwdriver or what? Next time, yeah, just go get a screwdriver. And get next time, next time I wear my cowboy costume, I guess. Nice. You're off cowboy mm-hmm. times for a while though now. Yeah, get a little bit of a break from the road. It should be nice. So. Yeah. Well, not really the road, but the events. Cause you're going on the, the road events. again this week. Yeah, I fly. Well, I, fly I fly. I only have to make make a flight. So. Yeah, but then aren't you guys going down the island? That's like a seven hour drive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't driving though, so. It's nice. You're not driving. Who's driving? Uh, we're taking a truck with like because it's like a couple's trips so we're going with like jen and myself and then her best friend and her husband we're all going out together oh okay i see yeah so we went to the airbnb in the sunshine coast we do some mountain biking and cool. just kind of have a little have a little adventure i'm excited i've never been out there before so it'll be cool to see somewhere new right on well enjoy yeah. enjoy yeah. great work this summer and uh um i guess do we got anything else here or we'll catch you up in um, the next few weeks well well, one thing that I noticed this past weekend in Cochrane was the the lack of contestants and the quality of competition at that level is not what it used to be. I remember I was talking with Cowboy Cole uh, after the one day when he was there, and he was talking about when he was making try, making the FCA finals and going like it, the tenth hole would be you have to have a minimum of like four or five grand one to even make the finals, whereas nowadays I think he said tenth place in team roping is three hundred dollars. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah, like they like they play they the second place the team roping at Cochrane was ten point five seconds. Like Jeez. you and I can enter and, and have a good chance to win that rodeo, wow. having not roped at all in the last few years, right? So I just, I just don't know what the yeah I don't know why the quality has went down so much because we're like really and truly if you look at pro rodeo in Canada like our quality of contestants is very high like you look at the team roping with like the Graham brothers and Jeremy Bueller kicking around those guys and then obviously steer wrestling and all and our saddle bronc riders and bull riding's in really good shape but at that level like there was one bull rider all weekend in, in Cochrane one bull rider yeah one bull that's rider. insane so I think it's something that needs to be looked at for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, gonna that's, look trickle at into that, 
but it's just like one of those things it's like what like it's gonna eventually triple trickle into pro rodeo like if you, you only if have you, you only have five guys in the standings in the in the fca mm-hmm. that's nuts and i don't know if that's like people at the amateur level trying to come together to make one mega association like we've talked before like just trying to like foster more competition and have more contestants or what but there's definitely needs something needs to happen at that level to keep to ensure that we keep sending contestants up the ladder to pro rodeo well just a quick look at the standings too and uh i don't know what this is like in the u.s but uh there's not very many bull riders here like we've got we've only got one guy in the bareback riding and then we've got five bull riders in the standings and then you've got well, you have 11 in the junior bull riding and 20 in the junior steer riding so at least mm-hmm. there's people that are coming up possibly but I mean, I only see 18 girls in the barrel racing standing, so I don't know. Yeah, what's that's crazy. This is bizarre. I think it's across the board. Yeah, I think it's across the board. And, and it, I was talking talking to somebody over the weekend, and like, there's factors of like fuel is really expensive and all that kind of stuff. Like, especially at the amateur level, if you're spending money going to all these different rodeos that are only have 500 bucks added, like, it's not even worth going at that point. Eric Isabel is a season leader in the steer wrestling. Nice. Wow, that's awesome. Like I've known that guy's a bull rider. I also saw him saw him rope left handed. That was pretty impressive the other day too. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. wasn't Wace yeah. Palson a bull rider at one point? He's yeah, he teams, competed for yeah, yeah, he competed for a while. Dang, this is interesting to see. Huh. Well, I think the one association is probably probably helpful, but mm-hmm. uh I, mean, I don't think it'll ever happen, but there's not much it's... one of the problems is there's not much uh um for youth sport in rodeo, one of the problems is that there's like, how do you, how do you, how do we compete against hockey where you can go play hockey when you're a kid and, you know, or even look at like soccer, like soccer and basketball, how much that yeah. those have grown in Canada. Like all you, all you need is some cleats and a ball to play soccer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's work to be done. I don't know what needs to be done, but conversation we can probably have it somewhere at some point here. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for yeah, uh, thanks for tuning yeah. in, folks. Appreciate it. Check out, check out, uh, check out our. Make sure to check out us. Check us out on social medias. Grab yes. your cowboy shit stuff. We got a new line out right now. It's pretty dang cool. So exactly. yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Check think. it out. Cowboyshit.ca or check us out on the on the uh, social medias, like Wacy said. And uh, yeah, we'll enjoy enjoy the next couple weeks, folks. We'll. Uh, catch up with me some stars to sleep on find me a train i'll hop out west if she wants a cowboy i'll cowboy the best she wanted a cowboy so i went off she rode me a horse about every day got pretty good at ranching and riding but she didn't care anyway Champion buckles and champion spurs I got everything but her Now I'm a cowboy and she wants Nashville What the hell was all this worth Find me a horse that I can cover Find me some stars to sleep on Find me a train, I'll hop out west If she wants Nashville, I'll Nashville the best